A liberal and a conservative walked into a bar. Then they got married. And they bought the bar. Welcome to The Listening Tour, the podcast where you'll find the personal stories of U.S. voters that led them to vote however they did on November 8th, 2016. We don't have to like them. We don't have to agree with them. We just have to listen. As with every episode of The Listening Tour, today we've included the stories of at least two varied American viewpoints, a far-left Democrat and a fiscal conservative. My husband is an extremely moderate Republican, um, you know, and I am as far left as you can get. And uh, <laughs> so, so it's an interesting dynamic, but we own a cafe. Of course, no marriage can be summed up in a punchline. Craig and Cynthia opened a cafe, not a bar. But the story of their politically divided marriage was a common one in 2016. Luckily, theirs came with a twist ending. My name is Craig. I'm from Middle America. I own a restaurant with my wife. We have had a restaurant now for about a little over three months. Craig and Cynthia happily agreed to talk with us after their story went viral in certain circles online. But we wanted you to get to know them both better first before we shared it. I grew, I grew up in a uh, very large city going to an urban school, but then later on in my high school years moved out into kind of a rural setting where I would only come to the city during the week. I was kind of raised fiscal conservative back when conservative meant just fiscal conservative and not had any religious undertones. So I was raised with a very social agenda of helping your neighbor, being kind, uh, looking out for the marginalized people, but at the other hand, being very fiscally conservative of not uh, spending money on wild schemes. My family was, I guess you say, semi-religious. They were not, uh, in the modern-day term, called evangelicals. We were Presbyterians. Uh, It's a very tolerant Christian religion where we don't label one uh, biblical sin above another. We we consider where everybody's a sinner and everybody can be forgiving, and we don't hold any sins against anybody. After his Midwestern childhood, Craig enlisted in the Marines when he was barely more than a child himself. My military started uh, six days after my 17th birthday on the Yellow Footprints of Paris Island, South Carolina, and from that, 20 years in the Marine Corps, uh, doing special duty, I did um, a tour with the State Department. One of my first post assignments was a year and a half in Damascus, Syria. So I watched news very closely. I have a lot of Syrian friends that I care for and feel for. The first time I voted was on a paper ballot. I was uh, in a, a helicopter aircraft carrier in the Gulf um, off to during the Iran uh, hostage rescue attempt. I was in the military for 20 years. I uh, started off in Okinawa and ended in 29 Palms in the desert. After an adult life spent entirely in military movement, Craig decided it was time to head home and settle down. I grew up in this city, and uh, after going, going away for 20 years, I, it was time to come back and uh, kind of use this as my base. When I left, uh, doors could be left unlocked. Uh, people were a lot more courteous. And in the last 20 years, there's a lot more underlying, I guess, bigotry or hate going around. Craig found an answer to all that hate, love, as so many of us do. 
on the internet. I met my wife about nine years ago. One of the things I like to do is I would go into these trivia chat rooms and just talk with people, and, and we sort of met in a game chat, uh, competing against each other. And then from there, we started private conversations, then led to a date, then led to trips back and forth, and eventually decided marriage was the way to go. Finding one another later in life meant that both Craig and Cynthia brought some long-held and well-honed political beliefs to their marriage. My personal political choices were never really affected by my marriage. I was pretty set in my ways before I was married, uh, just from all my life experiences. And besides, I can be kind of stubborn. Yet, despite being a lifelong fiscal Republican, when it came to the party of Donald Trump... Call it the side of the hate. There was no chance uh, I was ever going to vote that way. Instead, Craig finds himself somewhere in the middle. I don't really associate myself with the far right or the far left. I tried to pick the candidate I thought would do the best for everybody. I, I chose uh, Gary Johnson to vote for, even though knowing that he had virtually no chance of winning. But I looked at myself and said, if I'm only going to vote for the person that has a chance of winning, it's kind of not who I am. I'm going to vote for who I believe uh, is the better for everyone. I can't say I live my vote 100% because there were things on the Libertarian Party that I dislike. It's just that there was more things I like about the Libertarians than I disliked about either of the other sides. I do like the universal health care. It's time and every Christian should endorse universal health care. It's caring for your neighbors. I do not like kind of the equality in, in pay, and I don't mean equality between men and women. I mean equality like everyone should have the same pay because there's no incentives for, for performance. Finally, I asked Craig to tell me how he feels about becoming a minor celebrity after the story Cynthia shared about him on Facebook went viral. People were saying, oh, you're a hero, and it, it, it's kind of blown up, and I don't feel that. It's, uh, I tried to say, you know, look, I just, I don't see anything special for what, what I did. Before we hear that story, though, we need to get to know Cynthia and find out how she voted this year. She's probably more fun to talk to. Regardless of who was more fun, Cynthia is passionate about her politics to be cafe, Cynthia. and eager to tell us her story. Hi, Phoebe! Since Craig and Cynthia shared duties at the cafe, I caught up with her the next day, and she let me know right away where she stands. 100% of my politics are predicated on the fact that I care about people. I care about the marginalized people the most, and I think I was born that way. That love of people led Cynthia to travel the world and live all over the United States. But she says she found her political direction early. I actually might be one of the few people that know the exact moment they chose their political party. I was 10 years old, and my dad and I were taking a walk, and I was noticing all the political signs. I asked him, Dad, what, what is a Republican? What is a Democrat? And, and he gave me a very thorough tutorial on the two parties, and that's all I needed to hear. I said, so the Democrats help people. And he said, yes, that's, that's what they tend to do. And um, I said, okay, I'm a Democrat. And Cynthia didn't mess around. She launched in right there at 10 years old into local politics. I started campaigning door to door, put signs in the yard, everything. 
and uh, just was so invested that when he lost, I cried myself to sleep. One thing she marvels about to this day, though, was the nonpartisan freedom her father gave her, despite his own personal political beliefs. The Republican is a Republican, and he never offered which party he was, so he, he did a very fair job. And it's interesting back then, my parents didn't mind that I was a little Democrat. It, it wasn't like now. It was okay to be a Democrat. It was okay to be a Republican. And they let me put the signs in the yard of the party, you know, that I preferred. In addition to her nonpartisan upbringing, Cynthia says her religion also informs her politics. I'm a Presbyterian, and Presbyterians um, are very interested in social justice. It is our mandate. We pretty much stay away from dogma. We stay out of people's lives. How they see God is none of our business. How they live their life is none of our business. And and that's very, (laughs) that appeals to me. And then the focus on social justice. The first time I voted, interestingly enough, I voted Anderson. It, It was 1975 or six, and he wasn't a Democrat. I don't even remember why I voted for him, but there must have been some message that he had that resonated with me at the time. Since that first vote, Cynthia has traveled all over the world, and her experiences have magnified her belief in social equality. I've been to over 30 countries, and I've seen socialism in all its glory. I want what every developed country in the world has. I want universal health care. People have these horror stories, and there are anecdotal horror stories in any kind of medical situation, but you don't have people in these countries going bankrupt. I have a friend who had to have her gallbladder taken out working two jobs, and she had to go bankrupt because of a gallbladder, and this is wrong. I've lived in Canada and seen how well these systems work and how supportive they are of the families. So any push toward universal health care strongly interests me because I have seen it in action. I've seen it in Japan. I've seen it in the UK, Scandinavia, and when I lived in Canada. In 2016, Cynthia was, at first, a big fan of Hillary Clinton, whom she'd met and greatly admired. When this election came around, I was I was all for Hillary, but then Bernie came on the horizon. I, I wouldn't have even thought about him if I didn't think he could win. But his movement was so powerful and so strong, I thought he could win. And if he wins, America can have some of these benefits that I've seen work so beautifully all over the world. And so I voted for Bernie in the primaries. And... Uh, As soon as he was not the candidate, I I switched my allegiance back to Hillary and and voted for her and was absolutely shocked and devastated when she didn't win. Cynthia lives in a red state. I actually thought I was the only Democrat here because people don't talk about it. But she says the election has reinvigorated her to live her political beliefs out loud. How do I live my vote? Well... Noisily. <laughs> some people <laughs> some people are pretty private about their politics. I am not. Because I think if we vote a certain way, if we have a certain politics, that we should own it. Talking to people, and there are people, my family are evangelical Christians, and they know me to be a compassionate, intelligent person, and so they're willing sometimes to listen to me. So I I feel like I have an obligation, and I always point them in the direction of 
taking care of the marginalized, taking care of the poor, taking care of the sick, taking care of the stranger, i.e. immigrant, um, taking care of the prisoner. These are all things that Jesus preached. So why do your politics not align with that? After the election, Cynthia joined a group on Facebook of like-minded voters. It was there that she shared a story of Craig and a safety pin that went viral. When the ladies from this Facebook group started coming in, I had um, safety pins to hand out to them. And they had red beads and one single blue dot that represents being a a blue person in a red state. And I was wearing this safety pin. I just started wearing mine. And my wife had started wearing a, uh, a safety pin. And I, and I kind of browsed around and saw what it was, and it's saw some YouTube videos of uh, it was a symbol of, of of protecting the marginalized, and if someone that was of a marginal background was being bullied or harassed or whatever, and saw someone with a safety pin, they knew they had they could trust or had safety. And my wife started wearing that. For a while, I kept it a secret from my husband. These ladies would come, ask to speak to the chef. I'd come out and hug him. He's like, what is going on? And I just jokingly told him, hey, none of your business. Nothing to see here. Move along. And at the restaurant, people were coming up, and she would come out, and she would give them a pin and a free snack. And I said, you know, there's, it really shouldn't be a secret society. It's something that everybody should endorse. And so, jokingly with her, I said, you know, I've got a bigger pen. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the next day, he was wearing this big safety pin, and he had his dog tag hanging from it. I took my kilt pen and put my dog tag on it, thinking, well, she's wearing a blue pin representing the Democrat in the sea of red um, in this state. And I looked at that and said, it's really important if you wear it that you know what it means. It means that you're a person of safety for marginalized people, for uh, gay people, for Muslims, for people of color, for anyone who might be bullied or harassed for who they are. And he said to me, yes, and the dog tag means... The dog tag represents I know how to protect them. I am a military veteran who endorses providing safety for the marginalized. Cynthia tears up every time she tells this story. It was so meaningful to me that he embraced that. And Cynthia's gratitude was about more than just being married to a hero. It meant that he got me and that he supported me and I didn't have to hide who I was from him, which I'd kind of been doing. I mean, he he knew that I was a far left-leaning Democrat. He knew that, but... I had underestimated him. See, I'm crying even talking about it. (laughs) Don't worry, Cynthia. You're not the only one. That concludes this episode of The Listening Tour. All our thanks go out to Craig and Cynthia for sharing their wonderful story today. Just in case you missed it... The special today is a uh, sausage and root vegetable roast. Our theme music was composed and produced by Melissa Engelman. I'm your host, Phoebe Zimmerman. The Listening Tours podcasts can be found at thelisteningtour.net. And if you'd like to share your story, you can email us at stories at thelisteningtour.net. You can also write to us when you like our Facebook page, or you can find us on Twitter. 
We are at listening underscore tour. Until next time, I am your host, Phoebe Zimmerman. Thanks for joining me on the listening tour.